0: From AccuWeather.com, this is Everything Under the Sun. It's our weekly podcast, which takes an in-depth look at stories and information that are centered on the weather and climate. I'm your host, AccuWeather meteorologist Dean DeVore, and with the help of experts from AccuWeather and around the world, we help weather-proof your life day by day. And here we are, winding down into the last few weeks of winter. This is episode 13 of our winter series, in times where we bring up and discuss winter issues, but it's also the beginning of March, which happens to be National Weather Podcast Month. And since everything under the sun is a national weather podcast, we're here to celebrate. <laughs> so, my friends, it's my pleasure to tell you it's time to talk about everything under the sun. And to do that, you know, you can't have a great podcast without great executive producers and i know i talk about them at the end every week and we've been doing this now almost a year together we wow i know (laughs) uh, as we uh well well, let's welcome in executive producers ken prell who just said wow (laughs) and uh Executive, I gave him executive status. I don't. We'll take it. Oh, he's a junior executive. I'll take uh, it. Andrew. Okay. Andrew Rob. <laughs> and, and, and it's hard to believe gentlemen that, you know, we started this towards what it was the end of March, the last uh, week or so of March yep. into April that we started back on everything under the sun. Initially, the COVID focus that we were talking about, the weather and COVID, and then we decided, well, this is the kind of thing that we really need to do is talk more in depth about stories. And it's been an an amazing year, and uh, just uh, so many great interviews and topics. Really enjoyed the last couple of weeks when we talked about Black History Month with Alan Seals, and then last week with Shelton Johnson, and you know, all of our kind of partnership with our Mets over the last year mm-hmm. and doing the things that we did with them. So it's it's been an incredible year. And, you know, the the, the thing is, these stories sometimes just come out as a little bit out of the blue. And so let's do it this way this week. So we're each going to take a, a situation and, and something that we've seen in the last week. And you're going to tell me that that's what you want me to do a segment on. How's that?
1: That works for me.
0: So uh, let's start. Andy, I want you to give me the the, the thing that we want to talk about here in the first part of our first Rays of Focus segment. What's something that you saw in the last couple of weeks that you want us to talk about?
2: Three simple letters, Dean. P.O.P., which stands Ah. for percentage of precipitation. There was that great uh, story that came out the other week on AccuWeather.com um featuring the tiktok video talking about the percentage of precipitation and i really actually want to know because i'm not a meteorologist i want to know what that actually means
0: you know that is that, that's, that's an, an amazing topic because i think it really becomes the basis in some ways of how accuweather delineated itself over the years in terms of not necessarily talking about those percentages in numerical form but also More so in about uh, just the kind of the probabilistic forecast mode. And and it's confusing, I know, to even me as a meteorologist. So you know who I think will help us out here is a gentleman who uh, we see on the AccuWeather Network. And we've never really had on this program. So I'd like to welcome in AccuWeather meteorologist Jeff Cornish to Everything Under the Sun to talk about this very thing. So, Jeff, first, it's great to have you with us here on Everything Under the Sun. I've been meaning to do this for a while. Um, what we do when we have a, a guest on for the first time is we kind of try to introduce them and get folks to know them a little bit behind the scenes stuff. So, Jeff is part of our great AccuWeather network. Uh, Jeff, you went to Penn State, right? Uh, so, you graduated about 2004, I think. I did, is that about yeah. right. Yeah. You know? Jeff, you're a Pennsylvania boy. What, you went to Methacton High School? Is that, I did. did. I get that? Yeah. I'm impressed so, that, you well, that you know that. Well, you know, this is part of the show, Jeff. You got to do some, some research, right? You did some homework. How about that? So that's yeah. uh, if, for those that don't know, that's kind of a, a an outer suburb of uh, Philadelphia there to the north. So, uh, you know, you probably were very accu-savvy early on with uh, WPVI, Channel 6, ABC, Absolutely. and KYW fact, and those kinds of stuff, right?
3: I remember if we were in the car listening to KYW ten sixty and uh, it was close to the time that, that Elliot Abrams would come on. Mm. If there was the threat of snow, we would sit in the car
0: before getting out to hear Elliot's forecast. Mm. Yeah. And and I remember hearing Bob Larson and many of oh, you guys sure. it's fun to work right. with you now. Well, and and, you know, I was kind of I grew up in Lancaster, so I not only had Elliot on the York station and WSBA in New York, but then I would switch over after hearing that forecast and then go over to KYW and hear the <laughs> that forecast and kind of figure it out in between. We were that much of a weather geek. And uh, the reason I wanted to have Jeff on uh, this week is uh, uh, this past week on AccuWeather.com. He did a nice piece Uh, regarding something that kind of took off a a week or so ago, and it was a TikTok video from uh, a british uh, tv personality her name is scarlet Moffat. Uh, she's part of uh, she does most of her work for channel four which is uh, one of the big networks over there uh, in great britain and what her her video was on tiktok was basically her announcement of her realization and i put that in quotes because it's not really true when we break this <laughs> down but her realization that she thought that the 30 percent chance a Precipitation meant that it was going to rain in 30% of the area. Yeah. So, so this is leading totally into a good discussion about probability of precipitation. And Jeff did a really nice presentation on that. But, you know, I think, Jeff, it's really kind of uh, I wanted to break it down a little more because it's really something that AccuWeather identified early on that that kind of wording was extremely confusing to people. That that they would be confused by whether or not it was about the percentage of time it was going to rain during that day or the percentage of area that it covered or that kind of thing. Um, and so AccuWeather actually early on got away from that using words like possible or probable or likely or nearly definite or <laughs> get ready, here it comes. No, but I mean, right. we 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 tried to get away from that. And then also the other thing, because I think as you point out in the video that we can talk about, I mean, there's so many different factors. I think uh, it's not only how much time it's precipitating, how much area, but intensity. And and then the frustrating thing sometimes is when I look at a forecast and it's already been raining and I see our A forecast, it could be ours or somebody else's, that still says 60% chance. Well, my goodness, it's already rained. Why haven't (laughs) they updated that? So um just go what you did briefly about what it truly means. And and I think you you hit it. You don't want to over uh complicate this whole scenario. Yeah,
3: yeah. And I agree with you. You know, if you look at we produce forecasts in so many different ways. And I'm I'm a newbie here, I've only worked here for four years, but you guys have spent a long time here. Uh, When we have total liberty to present a forecast as we prefer, we do tend to typically avoid percent chances, although there's certainly an appetite for that in a time and place, especially in the app. People want numerical content. Well, I I,
0: I think that's the difference. I think we've changed the playing field. So, So now, and I think sometimes we struggle with this as meteorologists. I mean, before, like you said, we had a palette or a canvas where we could paint a picture with words. Or in the old days, pictures that were pretty rudimentally drawn, right, and stuff like that. So it was a different way of presenting. But now in the digital space, we call it more deterministic forecast. Is it going to rain? Isn't it going to rain? In that one-hour period, if we're doing an hour-by-hour forecast, we got to deterministically say it's yes or no. Now, that's not the way a good forecaster you should present because you right. could be wrong sometimes, a lot of times, if you especially the beginning and the end of the event to get timing or whatever. So, yeah, I think it's now that we're in this new digital world and we have to be more deterministic. I think that's where the percentages have had to come in more. Would you agree? Yeah. And people
3: love percentages, even though, you
0: know, you look at, at meteorologists like to talk about the dew
3: point, which is a great way to characterize the moisture content in the atmosphere, how it right. feels outside. But the, a lot of people in the public, now, some of our listeners are, are very weather savvy, but some of your family and friends may love the humidity, which is not a great way to characterize moisture content in the atmosphere the way it feels, but people do love that percentage. So, you know, we need to be, we need to use percent chance of precipitation at certain times. And, uh, you know, when it comes down to it, and this is what you're what you were, uh, asking me to uh, kind of talk about a little bit, Dean, as you're well aware, is really just the likelihood of precipitation falling on your rooftop for the forecast time, if if the forecast applies to your address or your, your neighborhood. And a lot of times people overthink this. Uh, again, uh, there are many different factors. Sometimes it may look kind of like what that TikTok user described, where it could be an aerial coverage type situation. I think that we're more likely to end up with the forecast that that's based on aerial coverage in a summertime convective type situation where you're going to have scattered thunderstorms. We know they're going to form. We also know they're not going to impact everybody in, say, I don't know, southeast Mississippi or wherever you may be. So we do tend to hide behind numbers uh, to talk about the aerial coverage. But there are other times when we expect that the storm track is going to be the big determining factor in who sees the rain or not. And it may be that the entire region sees rain, or the storm track may shift south and it may be a situation where nobody sees rain and you may be five or six days out. So, you know, there's those two big factors that drive the percent chance of precipitation uh, is uh, the, you know, the overall likelihood of precipitation. And then the aerial coverage is also baked into the cake there.
0: So, it, again, and, and this goes back to AccuWeather wording, we try to take care of that two ways. And I think you're right when, when talking about ahead of time. Uh, when you're looking at maybe more than a day out, I think more it's about the percentage chance that you're going to have precipitation. And I think what always got people is, you know, the strict definition is it's what you had to have a hundredth of an inch of rain in the area that you were forecasting for. And, you know, so many people, uh, don't understand what a hundredth of an inch of rain is. And I thought you said if, if you get a hundredth of an inch of rain in that area, and in a short amount of time, you're probably going to get a little bit of a wetness. And if you don't have any drainage, maybe a little puddle, like just a little bit of a, a collection that you would see, right, is about a hundredth of an inch.
3: Yeah, it's very, very little rain, but it's more than that. what would be required just to
0: dampen the pavement. Right. So, um, and, and that's probably the difference between when we talk about flurries and then accumulating snow. It's kind of in that that regard. So, again, AccuWeather tries to look, talk in when we can talk in terms of possible or likely ahead. Then the day of, I think sometimes we revert to that as meteorologists if we're forced to use the percentage that if it's going, if we believe it's going to rain, but it may only rain half the day or three quarters of the day. We may use a percentage there to talk about that, but AccuWeather at times have used other words, too, about like making sure we understand that, you know, clouds will build today in a thunderstorm in spots, right? That a few places will have a thunderstorm, not everybody. Or we may even say things like, you know, it's going to rain or drizzle a little bit today at times. But a lot of the day will be dry because we have days like that where it just sprinkles or lightly rains for about 30 minutes and then the rest of the day, not a drop. So, it's, yeah,
3: uh, I think those words are powerful. I mean, you can paint such a much, much better picture verbally right. than just putting a number out there with a cartoon icon or something like right. that. But that's, that's our new space though.
0: And a lot of, things, I know. where we it's have to tough. put the little cartoon icon. So, um, well, we appreciate all the work that you and the folks at the network do and uh, you and Bernie and all the crew. Uh, and uh, thank you so of much. Love. It is but, you it know, really is. just
3: like you guys. You've been doing this a long time and we love what we do, whether it's like talking to an, uh, like a forestry person or an entomologist, the bug people are passionate about what, what they do. <laughs> and I think in the weather, you know, we all, we have an affliction and it's great to get compensated to you know go to work
0: and do what we love this is a it, passion for a lot of us it's nice to have a break though isn't it jeff this last week <laughs> this last week now has calmed down a little bit but it looks like oh, things, are th- things may be heating up as we get into next week with uh this new idea that there may be a pretty strong area blow pressure in the middle of the country as we get into next week so yeah things, things to keep an eye out for.
3: and you know it, it's tough to keep a perception on things because video is so compelling and it can steer our emotions We've had fewer tornadoes between January 1st and March 1st yeah, than any other year since at least 2005. Now, we're not breaking records, but it's been a quiet year for tornadoes. But obviously, we do expect that to change here. The La Nina uh, setup has a correlation downstream to typically a little more than average tornado activity into the Midwest and parts of uh, the South. And it does look like the pattern's loading up next week.
0: Well, Jeff, appreciate your time. We're going to talk to uh, folks about the the pattern coming ahead down further in the uh, podcast. Appreciate your time here, and we'll check you out on the AccuWeather Network. All right. Thank you, Dean. Good to see you guys. All right. Jeff Cornish, thank you so much for being with us. So, Andy... What do you think now Uh, you think you got this idea about what POP or probably definitely
2: have a better idea. Um, I'm glad it's not 30% of some area or whatever they were saying. (laughs) I I had a feeling it wasn't that, but I'm glad Jeff cleared that up.
0: Yeah. I'm glad we got it. uh, Got it boiled down there. So, um, now it's uh, time to turn to Ken Prell. And- oh, the pressure's on. Yeah, the pressure is on, Ken. Is there <laughs> uh, something that you've seen in the last week or so that uh, you'd like to do a segment on?
1: Well, I think, you know, over the last year of doing this show, you know, one of the things that, uh, Dean, that we worked on a lot last year was doing updates around the hurricane season. Mm. And just saw in the last week that the National Hurricane Center thinking about moving up the, the, the start of the season.
0: Yeah, that's a, that was a very hot topic. It was floated a, a week or so ago that the National Hurricane Center was talking about that. You know, we've had the last six years or so advisories out before the traditional start. The traditional start of hurricane season has been June 1st, but uh, it's been, you know, uh, consistently the last six years we've had a storm to consider in May. So, yeah, that was a big topic. There was actually this past week uh, some Some decision making on that by the National Hurricane Center. And I think a good person to talk to about it is our content marketing manager for business preparedness. We've talked to her before. Becky DePodwin is joining us on Everything Under the Sun to talk about this possible shift in the hurricane season. So, Becky, when I saw this uh, a couple of weeks ago that the uh, National Hurricane Center was talking about shifting the the beginning of hurricane season, which normally for meteorologists and the public has begun on June 1st, uh, there was a lot of it reaction, a lot of visceral reaction from meteorologists. I think uh, folks uh, were wondering if that was really a right move. I mean, the, the obvious uh, answer is, well, I guess there isn't an obvious answer whether this is the right move or not. And we have a little bit of resolution as we record this here on the uh, midweek. But um, just maybe some of your first reactions when you heard that the National Hurricane Center was talking about moving the start of hurricane season and what you thought about that.
4: So my first reaction, frankly, was good. Uh, and then my second reaction was t- to sort of ask, why are hurricanes the only weather phenomenon that we have set calendar dates for? Right, Weather does not care about what time of year it is, doesn't care. It, you know, hurricanes are not going to not occur until after June 1st. So I, I sort of think that the start and end date of a hurricane season is, you know, a bit arbitrary. I maybe, I don't know. I just, I don't think it matters as much. I think how we communicate the impacts that hurricanes can have and the need to be prepared is far more important than any, any date.
0: I think seasons, what what we may be trying to do as meteorologists and people and stuff is take something that actually has its own definition and seasons are periods of time where things are happening. And, and the, and we've always kind of even as meteorologists, we've kind of played around with that. We talk about meteorological seasons, which we have just begun meteorological spring here at the beginning of the month of March. Um, the astronomy uh, spring doesn't start till March 21st. We also know that the solar spring started a few weeks ago before that. So so everything's kind of a little different. I agree with you. I, I think um, if we're trying to match it up to... A season why does it have to be over a certain time period but but what did you hear as somebody who you you were all for it what what did you hear as some of the people that were against it i you know or is it or is it just that always that old traditionalist well we we've never done it that way before, so we shouldn't be doing it now. is that kind of the the main thing that you were hearing
4: yeah, I mean, I think there may be some argument that there isn't a high likelihood of storms occurring before. June first, and really the peak isn't until you know September, uh, October, maybe even August a little bit. So, is there a a real need for it? You know, yeah, maybe it's a bit of the why change something? You know, we've done it, always done it this way. Other than that, we have had storms that have occurred before June first, and so I, I see no harm in the decision that they came to. Um, to start those advisories in the middle of May. I think that's that's fine. The more heads up we can give people. But at the same time, even, even when storms have occurred prior to that June 1st date, the National Hurricane Center, AccuWeather, the Weather Channel, all of these you know, weather organizations have always kept people informed. That was never right. going to change.
0: Right. So again, yeah, it may be like always saying, well, the, the, the baseball season has to start on April 1st or all these kinds of things, right? It, it's just putting an arbitrary date on it. But um, instead of actually switching the beginning of hurricane season in earnest or actually officially moving it up from June 1st to May 15th, what the National Hurricane Center has said this week is that they will start putting out their kind of overall tropical advisories that kind of look at the potential for development and what's going on. They'll start that with whether there's something there or not on May 15th and then continue that. And then The traditional start of the season is June 1st. Of course, uh, you know, we could argue this at the front side. You could argue that we've seen a lot of tropical storms well past uh, the ending date of hurricane season, uh, even into December and January. Now we've had hybrid storms. To me, Becky, the biggest thing is, is it truly a hurricane? Is it truly a warm core system or have we gotten into a point now where we're naming things, especially at the beginning and towards the end of the season, that that are more of a hybrid storm. And does that have any effect on anybody except those of us that are pure meteorologists who really have to make sure that we adhere to all the rules all the times, I guess, is something like that?
4: I I think you hit the nail on the head with that last part of that. I don't really think the public cares what we call it if it's impacting them it's impacting right. them a lot of these hybrid storms can also often sometimes be you know off in the ocean and so meteorologists can get caught up in: was well, it really a tropical storm is it a is it a you know just a cold core low a warm core low what is it sandy is obviously a really really uh hotly debated example of this um, and I think we, we can look back now with, with hindsight and realize there was uh, a downside to not c- categorizing it as a hurricane, you know, to, to say it was a a subtropical cyclone. I, I think that a lot of, I just, maybe people didn't take it as seriously right. um, because it, we hear hurricane and we're like, oh, wow, that's, that's a big deal. We need to, we need to make sure we're prepared for that. You hear subtropical, sub, you, I, I've said this before, like sub, in, in my mind, at least, means something is is less than. Less important less than, than the than, main the th-
0: main thing, right? Right, yeah, exactly.
4: Right. So I, I think it all depends on, you know, what the impacts of the storm are going to be on land, on humans. But we all know meteorologists do like to sort of quibble in semantics.
0: <laughs> no. We never see that or hear that in our office at all. Um, I I guess, I mean, then this plays into the whole naming of storms. I mean, we've chosen not to do that at at AccuWeather, other than obviously the official names given by the World Meteorological uh, Organization and then the National Hurricane Center and those and those things. Uh, But we've kind of gone away from naming other storms, which other uh, folks have done. And sometimes it because because it gets complicated, you know. A, a, a center of circulation can all of a sudden disappear for a day or so, and then all of a sudden pop back up. And is that a new storm, or is that really an outgrowth of the original storm? So there's just been, I think, uh, a reluctance to name things that uh, are, aren't as easily tracked, and, and, a, and a warm core hurricane can be much more easily tracked than other things. These are interesting subjects. Uh, anything else? I, I know you are really focused on trying to make sure folks are prepared and ready um, as we get ready for hurricane season. Um, It looks like, uh, again, another situation, especially coming off of what has been a really bombastic end to winter here. We all want a little bit of a break, uh, but uh, it looks like, again, we need to be thinking about a a busy hurricane season that's on the way.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Obviously, we still have severe season to get through too but you know we're in march if you know hurricanes are just a couple of months away so now would be the time to start start checking things looking at your your go bag making sure that you have the right insurance in place especially um, that that flood insurance is really really critical to have uh, if you are in an area that is likely to receive flooding from any kind of tropical system so still plenty of time but start looking at things
0: Becky, we uh, appreciate your time with us today, and we'll uh, talk to you again here real soon. Thanks.
4: Sounds good. Thanks, Dean.
0: Thank you, Becky, very much. Uh, Her Twitter uh, feed is WX underscore Becks, B-E-C-K-S. Remember, in weather shorthand, we kind of simplify in the business the word weather to WX. So it's WX underscore B-E-C-K-S, WX underscore B-E-C-K-S, Becky DePodwin, Got always great information on her website, her page, and you can read about uh, all the things that she's covering and helping with on AccuWeather.com. So let's uh, change gears. It's uh, now my prerogative to pick out what we're going to talk about here in this uh, third part of our first Rays of Focus segment. And I, uh, Ken and Andy, wanted to talk a little gardening because you know we're in meteorological spring just by a, a few days now. We're also you know, just a couple of weeks away from the vernal equinox. And so I know for me, one of the biggest surprises that I had is when that foot of snow on the ground here (laughs) in State College kind of like got away. There were a lot of things pushing up in my garden I wasn't exactly expecting. So do you guys mind if we talk a little gardening with uh, somebody else who is really involved you know these two executive producers we're talking about here with ken and andy uh there's another part of our great audio team and his name is brian may and not only is he a part of our amazing audio team has been with accuweather as long as i have a little longer over uh, 23 24 years he also has his own business and he does uh gardening and landscaping for folks uh, outside of AccuWeather and has been doing that for years. So Brian May, welcome to everything under the sun here. Thanks we, for having me. We celebrate, you know, I, and, I, and I think it's important because, you know, obviously we're up in the Northeast, so we're in a zone where we're not really wanting to get too active in planning and stuff, but there are some things I think right now to me, uh, that folks should be doing, you know, and getting getting the ground and things ready. And I know I'm panicking a little bit. So here's my first question for you, Brian. Okay. All right. I, I'm seeing a bunch of my daffodils and tulips and all of the spring stuff really pushed. And I think a few of them are two, three inches up. And I'm looking at my forecast and we've got some cold weather to come. Now, do I need to worry about those here in the next couple of weeks? Should I I know I have a couple of extra little bags of mulch that I keep uh, over the winter. And for this kind of thing apps, you know, at least in my mind, should I be covering those up a little bit in some of those or, or are they okay? Are peonies and all the things that are starting to push up here in the late winter, early spring. Okay.
5: Most of those, those um, plants are, are fine. Um, If you think about when they bloom, if they bloom, in the early spring and they're, they're popping up now, that's fine. They're, yeah, they're, gonna...
0: they're, they're, they're geared for that, right? They, they yeah. actually like it a little cold, right? They're like yes. poppies, poppies, uh, Oriental poppies like the
5: cold. And so, yep. yeah, they're, they're, they're actually kind of thriving in this a little bit. Sure. Now on, and one of my flower beds on the side of the house that is facing, um, that gets the most sun. Um, I have some mums coming up. Mm-hmm. and I'm a little worried about those. I don't want them coming up, even though they're kind of a cold, hardy plant. They're, it's just a little too early. It's a them. little so too early. Watch. Yeah. yeah, right. So, so maybe just like throw
0: that. a little extra mulch on that a little bit. Of sure, Alexa, I'll probably
5: go out and, and put some plastic over them yeah. at night when we have the really cold nights because we still have some cold nights coming up.
0: We definitely do. Is it too early to start working the soil a little bit, loosening things up uh, no, in places not, where I know I'm not going to disturb things that are trying to come right. up here in the spring?
5: Yes, no, not at all. Uh, the first thing I do, especially when we get a, a tease of these warm days, I like to head out and survey kind of how things did over the winter. Uh, one thing you want to check out um, is whether or not some of your limbs had any damage. If, if you find some, you know, like your lilacs that might have some, some broken limb damage from the heavy snow, you might want to prune those, um, you know, look out for things like that. Look out for
0: things that are a little diseased too. You need to, uh, that, that maybe, uh, sometimes over the winter and with the the moisture and stuff, they can start to Rod or mold a little bit right. so you definitely as you like to do through the year uh so yeah i mean it's kind of exciting though don't you think i mean i'm I'm, I'm getting excited and it, you can already kind of feel it in the outdoor centers too people are starting to get that little excitement you see all the <laughs> starters uh popping up and those kinds of things andy and and ken do you do you guys have any gardening questions i know this is my segment but uh i do actually what? go go ahead Andy. i
2: do um, going into this season, I mainly grow, um, outdoor hot peppers, things mm. like that. The, the two words that I have questions about is soil health. Mm. Um, whether you're wh- what, you have to do with your soil, whether it's too many nitrites or, uh, fertilizing property, w- what's some good advice that you would have for, you know, early on soil care.
5: What are you using to, to start your seeds in?
2: Just your standard uh, potting soil, you know, with the little miracle grow things in there. Um, OK,
5: well, are you are you buying new containers or are you using what you used last year?
2: I use old pots um, and I usually buy new sprouts every season.
5: All right. Well, just make sure that whatever you're starting them in is is uh, freshly cleaned out and ready to go and make sure that you're using new Potting soil to start your seeds. Um, just don't use what you used last year. Start brand new again.
2: Would you have a recommendation for uh, somebody out there that may not know what kind of potting soil to get for their first time around?
5: No, but you know, if you hit the garden centers, they have a pretty good um, description of each each type of soil
0: right it Um, seems like like oreo cookies now there's all kinds of different varieties so like the potting soil tells you like this is for vegetables this is for plants this is for this so i mean it takes some of the mystery out of that right brian
5: yeah absolutely um and and there it'll hit uh, point into the right direction
0: There's
2: a blend for for what you're trying to grow is what
5: you're exactly definitely I would think that
0: and uh, maybe there's a special hot pepper blend so why don't you ever. You never share those with us, Andy. What's up with that? I don't understand. <laughs> what do you like? I'm growing
2: plenty next season. <laughs> actually,
0: that's actually something I, I, especially after having weight loss surgery, I got to stay away from the spicy stuff too much. So, um, do you have anything that's less spicy, more
1: flavorful there?
2: Yeah, I like to grow uh, poblano peppers. Actually. Oh, that's
1: that's very nice.
2: Ken,
0: do you Me- have a green thumb at all?
1: Uh, no, not at all. I, I'm <laughs> honestly just sitting back here, shocked that Andy had some quality questions here. I know, it, only, is- it only took over a hundred episodes for that to finally happen.
0: <laughs> that is true indeed. Uh, Brian, uh, we will definitely have you on in the spring when we get to the spring series because there's Fantastic. a lot to do here in a in a few weeks as we get ready for gardening. But uh, it yeah, I just on time. To- I just thought for like me, you know, with that excitement and now, you know, a couple of these days here, especially here in the Northeast in this next upcoming week, we're going to hit 50, 60 again. So Uh, I can't wait. Yeah, the uh, the spring gardening bug is in. Brian May, thanks for joining us here. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, I think we've done what we meant to do, right? Uh, each of us have got to pick a subject. We might have to do this like once uh, once a series. Where yeah, we, I kind of uh, like this. I'm yeah. all for it. Absolutely. I want to. I want to definitely say thank you to the two of you. Uh, you know, as we come up on our year anniversary, and if we are celebrating National Weather Podcast Month, thanks for all that you do. And uh, it's a family here, I and mean, it's a labor of love, and we really enjoy it. And we want people to to feedback. How can they feedback, Andy, to our AccuWeather podcast?
2: Well, you can always go to AccuWeather.com slash podcast. You can check out our daily, our weekly shows. We have a few up there. You can also subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, pretty much wherever you find your favorite shows. It's all right there waiting for
0: you. Um, I know we are planning, uh, Ken, in a few weeks to do a Q&A segment with the 3Ds, Dave Dombeck, Danielle Knittle, and myself. So if you want to get in those... Questions early, do that now, right? AccuWeather.podcast at accuWeather.com. And that's right. Um, what are some of the other uh, great podcasts that we uh, feature here? I know there's a guy named Bernie Reno that does this podcast that a lot of
1: people Yeah. Do. Yeah. Bernie Reno, you know, uh, helping him to produce his show every day, you know, the Weather Insider podcast. Uh, you don't want to miss that. Bernie's got all the latest breaking news every day. And then also, uh, our good pal uh, AccuWeather's Evan Myers. We do a daily podcast with him too. This date and weather history. So it really, uh,
0: it really is stuff. And not only because Evans lived through a lot of that history. So <laughs> did I say it? I didn't? I, I love you, Evan. I really do. But but it's it's it is amazing about how weather. And these these big events have, have really kind of gone uh, hand in hand. And, you know, we've learned that over the years from Elliot and Evan and all those folks. And yeah. it's nice to keep that going. I think it's an, an important tool. An yeah, important and the great
1: thing about that podcast, real short minute, two minutes long. And so you get your quick little history lesson and then, you know, be on with your day.
0: Good thing to play for the kids on the way to the Absolutely. To school or something like that. Well, Andy and Ken, I'm going to let you guys uh go edit now (laughs) and when we come back we're going to talk to Brett Rossio about uh, a couple of things one thing is a kind of cloud that you see this time of year they're called gravity wave clouds you will probably understand once we talk about them what they look like and you say oh yeah I've seen those and then we're going to also talk about the weather for this upcoming weekend and the week beyond this a special edition as we celebrate national weather podcast month this is everything under the sun from accuweather.com Whether you're at home getting ready for work, packing the kids' lunch, or commuting, listen to AccuWeather Daily, subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, and you'll get the top trending weather story of the day every day. And we welcome you back to Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com. Again, this is our first... Episode in the month of March, we are episode 13 of our winter series, and uh, we just had that nice uh, first raise of focus segment talking about three things, including uh, the probability of precipitation. Good discussion with that with Jeff Cornish, the possible earlier start of uh, the National Hurricane Center's hurricane season, which we now know is going to stay the same, but we're going to get some um, advisories a little bit earlier in the schedule. And then a little gardening. That was my choice here on this episode where we're also celebrating um, the National Weather Podcast Month. That is uh, March. And one of the things that we like to do in this podcast in our last segment is talk about the weather for the upcoming weekend and the week ahead, as we always drop this podcast early Friday morning, and we take one of our AccuWeather um, meteorologists who uh, appear on print and in radio and other places, and we kind of get them in the focus here to do that. And the person that I've chosen this week is the gentleman we affectionately call the professor. His name is Brett Rossio. And the reason I wanted Brett here is because um, I want to talk about something that I see a lot this time of year, and they're called gravity wave clouds. And they're those kind of undulating clouds that you see where up in the mid to upper levels, it looks like you know they're 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 kind of spaced out with a little bit of a blue in between and and they kind of look cool, but to me, it tells me there must be something going on in the atmosphere because as I've learned meteorology the way I've learned it. I've really started to try to look up at the sky more to figure out things that are going on, right, Brett? And I think mm-hmm. sometimes that's something we find lost in this art. Sometimes it's just looking out at the sky and looking out and figuring out. So this time of year, Brett, we're getting to see a lot of transfer of energy and heat, right? Yep. We've got yep. a big fight going on. The winter weather is trying to hold on with dear life trying to keep Mm -hmm. pushing down to the south from the from the pole, from the North Pole. And then that warmer air is now starting to say, hey, I'm getting more solar energy. I'm getting more uh, more warm, more diabetic heating. Right. Yeah, there's that's the professor right there. (laughs) So I'm getting more and I want to go farther north. And, you know, all of us on the ground like that. But. So, so what I assume is sometimes in, in that, when I see that, is, is that part and parcel of some of that transfer of, of uh, the warmth and heat in, in certain situations? Well, I just I wanted to talk about that a little bit.
6: Yeah, I mean, really, you can see it any time of year uh, with gravity waves. There's also something that you call it uh, undular bore. Um, okay. There's many, many ways you can call it, but uh, yeah. typically and that's B- the
0: fall. B-O-R-E, undular yes. bore, B-O-R-E? Yes. Okay. Yes. Not B-O-R-E-D uh, like bored, like we do no, in neurology no, no. class when we, no. <laughs> Undular bore. Okay. Tell me what that is. Yes.
6: Yes. So uh, basically it's a, it's a type, it's a gravity wave and um, you typically see them in stable environments. So basically the low levels of the atmosphere have to be stable. Um, and you have very strong flow through it, and then it can in in this case, you can consider a mountain this air hits an obstruction and then it 's forced upward, and then you get a wave like motion that occurs so we and can so- see
0: so we can see those when we 've got air advecting or moving mm-hmm. over a mountainous range, which is going to give that little undulation, so that can Correct. create it. But it can yep. also be created in other parts of the atmosphere, too, that don't have that, right? And what creates yes. it in that situation a little higher up that we're above the boundary layer, let's say?
6: Sometimes it's sheer. And that's why in some cases you see Kelvin Helmholtz uh, clouds or, or billow clouds, what, what they call them. Yeah. It, a lot of times it's it's just a, a result of shear, And we see that with another phenomena that you might be familiar with, undulatus osperatus.
0: Yeah. That's the uh, one that sounds like a Harry Potter cloud, right?
6: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm casting
0: a spell with my Angelatus Esperatus right there.
6: Yes. And, you know, it's interesting. There is a, a, uh, a big argument that occurred, a big, a big fight with the AMS and WMO uh, years ago. And the AMS is very pro let's name clouds. Let's you know, there's so many different types. Mm. This is another type of gravity wave um, that occurs. And, you know, it's, it's kind of political. And finally in 2017 they they named it the WMO officially named it and it got the name asperitas. So even mm. though we had been fighting in America <laughs> to name this 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 kind of cloud type they ended up getting the name and they called it asperitas. So that's the technical official name for that cloud type but it's all in the same uh, uh all encompassing it's 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 caused by, uh, you know, gra- their gravity waves. Right.
0: And, and gravity is actually kind of a misnomer. So many things right. happen. And, and when we talk meteorology, we, we put words in that I think confuse sometimes even ourselves. Like you're talking about stable atmosphere and to the average person, well, stable means I'm not moving. But actually, in our realm, stable means that a parcel of air is actually moving up as it gets cooled and it continues to move up. That's stability. So even though what we think is stability is not really moving, stability is that we're we're really having an atmosphere that goes from warmer at the surface to cooler uh, at the higher levels. Stable in the vertical, right? So, so again, these are things that you're going to hear meteorology, and that's why sometimes meteorological meteorologists jargon and speak sometimes it's confusing and and uh, that's why I wanted to talk to you a little bit. So but but it but I'm right that is is spring and then fall more yes. likely to see these gravity wave clouds because we're moving that air more uh dynamically in the spring and the mm-hmm. fall one way or the other, right?
6: Yep. Yep, you're absolutely right. Yeah, and then during the summer months usually you have a very well mixed atmosphere and so you don't you don't get those situations as often. So, yes.
0: Well, we're definitely moving air, Brett. um, Right now, Uh, we're looking at a pretty good cold shot coming into the the Northeast as we're recording this Thursday into Friday. And so the Northeast, uh, especially in New England and the Northeast, some of the coldest air again, you know, if you look and compare, you know, if this cold air were coming in January, the temperatures would be incredibly cold. But we're here in March. We've got March sun. And so. While really cold for March, I think there's going to be some um, mitigation of that. But one thing that we're going to have is another kind of windy couple of days. And that's been something that we saw. We saw it at the beginning of this past week, a really tough wind event and a lot of cold. And we're going to see another one that lasts a few days in the Northeast. But if we are just patient in the Great Lakes in the Northeast, we've got (laughs) some really nice warm air to come up into there for the beginning and middle of this upcoming week.
6: Yeah, there's going to be a a pleasant ridge axis that's going to develop late this weekend and early next week, and that's really going to pump the warm air northward into the Great Lakes region and then uh, eventually the East Coast. So it will turn uh, a lot nicer, more spring-like as we go into uh, the middle portion of uh, the upcoming week.
0: Yeah, the the folks in the middle of the country have been enjoying it this past week. Uh, my friends in St. Louis love me. I uh, got them to uh, about seventy in a couple of days here, and it looks like they're headed in that direction for the beginning of the week. So, yeah. Oh, and then, then the other remarkable thing, Brett, is just how quiet the weather became. You know, yes. it's funny we yes. we 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 we've had big events that have kind of flipped the pattern for about three or four weeks. And then the last big event that flipped the pattern, I think was that big bowling ball of Arctic air that plunged all the mm-hmm. way down and now the the atmosphere's i think still trying to sort itself out as to where it wants to go we've seen this little pump of the ridge in the middle of the country, this little cold shot to the to the northeast here as we go into the weekend. Uh, and we're going to continue to see pieces of energy come into the Pacific Northwest. So that part of the equation doesn't change here as we go into the upcoming week.
6: Yeah, and we have a lot of Pacific air that basically has just flooded the lower 48. Um, and that's significantly weakened the storm track. But also, as you said, uh, the Northwest flow is weakened. We don't have ar- an Arctic air mass spilling into the lower 48. And so therefore, we don't have to worry as much uh, about these uh snow events that we have had in previous weeks, snow and ice events.
0: The biggest thing that we have, I think, coming forward is, you know, once we warm this up so much in the middle of the country and then the Northeast, there is an area of low pressure that I think we're going to have to watch that is going to be a a mechanism that wants to fight back on this warmth. And so we've got snow on the Northern flank, probably in the, what, Northern Plains. Then we got severe Mm -hmm. weather, Chicago southward, Uh, ahead of that ridge and that starts probably midweek Wednesday where that area of low pressure somewhere in the upper plains and then that is going to go eastward so we'll see that storm in go towards the east coast as we get towards the end of the week so we may finally see our first significant storm in over a week or so in the country here middle of next week
6: yeah that's going to be the battlegrounds across the center of the country you know, there will be some concern, you know, on the winter, the wintry side of it where there will be some snow. But uh, I think by and large, the severe weather could be the big concern as we go on the Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday timeframe across Kansas, Missouri, Oklahoma. We'll have to certainly watch that.
0: Brett, I appreciate your time. I know you're busy. Thanks for uh, telling us about gravity wave clouds and all that and uh, talking about the weather here over the next few days. Appreciate the time.
6: Thank you, Dean. If you'd like to learn more
0: from the professor, Brett Rossio can be found on Twitter. Uh, His, uh, well, you could look up his name, Brett, R-O-S-S-I-O. If you want to do his Twitter handle, it's Rossio Sand. (laughs) Radio Sand is that uh, piece of equipment that's on a weather balloon that helps give us the information about the atmospheric conditions as you release a weather balloon. So it's Rossio Sand, R-O-S-S-I-O-S-O-N-D, as in David, E, as in Edward. Rossio Sand is is where you'll find the professor on Twitter. Thanks to Brett. Thanks to our guests in the up front segment there, our opening race of focus segment, where we talked to Jeff Cornish, Becky DePodwin, Brian May, and, of course, our amazing executive producers, Andrew Robb and Ken Pro, who I thank here and thank every week. And I thank all of the hundreds of AccuWeather team members who've been working so hard. We've had a little bit of a break with the stormy pattern across the lower 48, but it looks like things are going to pick up. So we'll be getting busy again. Make sure you check out the AccuWeather.com app. And the AccuWeather.com stories that have all the information you need in our AccuWeather network and our great AccuWeather partners. I'll talk to you on the radio weekday mornings on some of those great radio stations as well. Next week, we're going to take a tour around the country with some of our great ABC-partnered stations, the meteorologists there, and some other outlets as well. We're going to kind of tour around the country, talk about how winter treated every part of the country some better than others we're going to talk too about how it's been almost a year now since we turned everything on our head with the covid situation and the way we talk about the weather the way people live in these big cities and metropolitan areas has changed too so we're going to talk about that next week and what may be our last segment our last episode of the winter series For Ken and Andy and for all of our great AccuWeather team members across the world that keep you weatherproofed every day, please be safe and well. And we'll talk to you next week, episode 14 of our winter series on everything under the sun from AccuWeather.com.
1: ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend.